Okay, but this, oh, there it is. I was going to say, this doesn't look like the one I sent, but um, if you noticed, um, one of the things, the themes that was, that went through what Kevin said, regardless of the topic, was communication. And that's one of the things that we can track. So if you go silo and you disappear, or you're not communicating with your manager or colleagues, that becomes represented through your time clock, through our history of emails, um, through your meeting uh, records. We can always find out who's disappeared or who's not fully participating and who is. So on that note, I wanted to talk about, you can't really see it, it's changed since, uh, you can go back one. I wanted to talk about discussion and dialogue because they seem like the same thing, but they have subtle differences and we want you all to learn how to do both. And I wanted to say congratulations to Amber, Shanna, and Brent. I didn't see any of them here, but uh, their last day is Tuesday. And so, um, oh yeah, there's Amber, sorry. And I wanted to uh, wish them the best going forward. So we can go to the next slide. Okay, so what I'm going to talk about is the origins of quantum teaming. Uh, we talk about it all the time. And maybe you guys just think that's something, a cute title for all of us working together and getting along. But it does have a basis in science. I wanted to talk about it. And how it grows through discussions and dialogue. Um, it, it's not in a vacuum. It, it doesn't just poof and happen. We make it happen. It happens through each and every individual that has committed to this program and how that results in team learning. Next slide, please. Okay, so quantum teaming came from uh, a strong interest that I had in quantum mechanics and string theory. And we know that all that is on the um, elect, you know, um, on the very small level, atoms and electrons and all that kinds of stuff. But we are made of those things. So we're ahead of, I guess, the learning curve. There's only one other person who is introducing this as far as publications that I've seen, but I have introduced it. And um, it's based on, even in quantum teaming and in physics and things like other hard sciences, which technology is one of them, it says science is rooted in conversations. And when you think about it, if you have an idea, be it an Einstein or whoever, you get this idea and it's in your own head. It's just floating around in your own head until when? Until you start a conversation or write out your ideas and share them. The first time he sent out his relativity idea, it was rejected, by the way. He was an administrative assistant, and they said, what does this dumb guy know? And we see who he is now, okay? He's, you know, in history through perpetuity. But it starts with the, con you know, a what's in your mind has to be communicated. And the dialogues, you know, they help the group to open a flow of larger intelligence. For example, we have a meeting, and we talk about something. Say your manager or your whoever, whoever's talking. But it's when someone comes and says, and that also could lead to, 
For example, IT support has a project right now in terms of risk analysis. They are reaching out to other departments to say, you know, what is your risk analysis? Because they may not know cyber, they may not know soft dev, they may not know networking. Okay, they need a larger intelligence. They need um, to know a little piece of your thought of what you're doing. You know, so it's largely collective. When we think about thought, you can have a dream, you can have something in your own head, but until it's open to the larger group of like souls or maybe dislike souls, you know, people that are not like you. You know, a lot of times we talk IT to people and you can see their eyes glaze over. Sometimes they can say, oh, that's why that happened with my GPS. That's why. Because, you know, once, for example, once you Bluetooth your phone to your car, I mean, you get in there, even if you've been out of it for a week or two, and it immediately starts doing your playlist. You know, once you're locked in, you're locked in. That kind of thing. You can help them understand that by communication. And this didn't start with Doc's mind, my mind. I didn't just dream it one night. It was from researching this whole phenomena in quantum mechanics and string theory. Next slide, please. So you can't improve your thoughts alone, okay? And your energy, when you think about it, you wake up in the morning or you go into the door like Kevin just did, that all starts with a thought. And maybe that thought is triggered externally. Maybe like you hear a doorbell, and but your mind immediately goes into energy. That energy is, I'm going to go answer the door, or I'm going to get up and go get a cup of coffee now. And so that energy from your mind, it takes form in your life. And so many of us think that we have these hidden thoughts. You know, like say, for example, you can't stand the color orange. And then somebody comes in the door and they have on an orange dress. You may not say, eh, I hate that dress. But your affect, your body language, your eyes, something is going to reflect that. That there's something about that that you find distasteful or dis, you dislike it. So there really aren't any hidden thoughts as much as our ego tells us that we have a secret. There really are no secrets. If someone was copiously, if there was some... PhD psychologist in the room that was doing some sort of ethnographic study or something on uh, human interaction and that orange dress walked in, they would notice that you had a reaction that was different from everyone else in the room and they would try to analyze it. So we think that what we think that our hidden thoughts are not represented in our active life, but they are. And if you're not cognizant of that if you don't know if you really think that you're holding a secret or perpetrating a fraud or however you want to say it you can get trapped in that theater you can get trapped in that theater well as long as I don't say it or act on it in the public you know I'm free to have it you know and that's how we get all those isms once again you know you think you're free to have this ism because you're not speaking on it but you're reflecting it every day. And if you're in management, you're reflecting it in the people you hire. You know, if you're an employee, you're reflecting it in how you deal with different people in your environment. You know, so reality may change. 
I mean, some of you, most of you are younger than me, but I have seen so many changes in my time on the planet. And when you think about my late mom, when she was a child, all they had is Sunday radio. And she just passed in November. So can you look at the changes that have happened since Sunday radio? There were no TVs. One person, when they finally got a TV, she said that person would run up and down the street and say, you know, Cassius Clay just beat so-and-so. You know, it was like the town crier would run up and down the street and tell them, look where we are now, artificial intelligence, quantum computing, all this kinds of stuff. So reality changes. But if you don't change your thoughts because you think they're safe and hidden, you're trapped in your own theater, okay? That can be prejudices, stereotypes, um, thinking that you're getting away with something at work. People know. That's why I started saying, we know how active you are every week. You know, you can, you know, come to AHOD and say, I got stuck here. Or I've been working on this and it's been two or three weeks. We know. You're only fooling yourself in your own theater. Okay. So the consequences of that, be it a grade or being me coming down hard on you or your manager uh, micromanaging you, is usually a consequence of your own actions, you know, juxtaposed with your perceptions that, okay, I've given a good excuse. You know, my computer broke, which is not an excuse at Purdue Global. I'm here to tell you that's one of the things that you sign off on when you come to an online <clears throat> online university. You are responsible to have working technology and a backup. Okay, we can't deal with that. Can you imagine how many students and interns would get away with murder? Do you can you imagine how late I would be grading work after a term is closed if that was a caveat at at, at a virtual university? No, you're responsible for that. And so it's the same way that PGIP tech, it's an indivisible whole. So if you're not doing your job in your department, if you are slacking or if you're not understanding what's going on in your department, it's going to affect another department that needs that deliverable to continue with their job. And I keep emphasizing this. This is why we're a quantum teaming environment. You are not just cybersecurity. You are not just networking. You are not just IT support. We are a greater whole. Okay, so it seems that you are here, like my first picture. That's where Earth is in the universe, okay? So you are here. That is true. You are in cybersecurity, for example. I'm not picking on cybersecurity. However, you are also here, the next picture. You are part of the greater whole of all the universe that is dealing with all the same gravitational pulls and the same cyclic redundancy maybe that spins us around in the solar system all of it is affecting all of it so it's important as kevin said to have the courage to ask questions and express what you really want you know it's like i don't have any experience in technology well that's why you're here so what do you want to know what do you want to learn you chose that department for a reason. What is it that you want to pull out of yourself and learn and get a hold on before you leave us? 
You know, you can't expect your managers, your leaders, your peers to have a crystal ball that says, oh, this person seems like they'd be better for this department. We're depending on you to know that. And if you're in the department and you find that, okay, this is really not what I wanted, I really wanted so-and-so, then you need to communicate that and tell us what you want, where you would be better suited. Okay, it's important to communicate as clearly as possible, especially in a virtual environment, what you want. And Robin, I take your point seriously. She says, sometimes we communicate properly and never get a response or a timely response. If that happens to you, again, Robin, write me directly. Next slide, please. Okay, so let's just break it down, drill it down, discussions and dialogues. Most times, they, we just assume they're pretty much the same thing, and they're very similar. Okay, but when you're dealing in a discussion, you have a, a subject of common interest. Let's say cybersecurity. I'm, I, let me pick someone else because you all think I'm picking on you. Let's say networking. Okay, so you all go in there, and you're going to analyze the overall, say you want to make a schema. So you're going to analyze, we want to make a scheme of AWS. Okay, so then you start talking about all the different aspects of AWS. So there's different points of view. There's different ways to approach it. Okay, Every, by everyone that's participating, you say, okay, well, I think we need to do, you know, look at the, you know, flat files first. So we need to look at the database first. So we need to do this first. Okay, so everyone is providing their analysis of that you know, and their preferences, okay? And usually in a discussion, somebody wants to win. And it's not like a hard win that I want to win at the expense of you looking foolish, but they want their point to stand out and to be validated, okay? They want theirs to be the best alternative. And everyone wants that, and we understand that. That's why a discussion can't be the end stop. That's why when we have our meetings, I always say, okay, well, all right, everyone's opinion has been verbalized and heard. Let's ponder this and let's come back and revisit it. When I say that, I mean, let's revisit it as a dialogue. So when we come back, it's beyond any one person's desire to be the winner to say, okay, this is absolutely the way we have to do it because we have looked at all the alternatives in the discussion. So it's beyond anybody's individual drive to be the leader, okay? And then at that point, we can go in directions, okay, that we never imagined or planned. And as I said last week, I said, we might take a part of your idea and then merge it with a part of someone else's idea. And before you know it, we have a whole robust plan of action, right? Nobody was winner, nobody was loser. What we came out with was something much greater than what we could have had individually, okay? So that's why we want to have the dialogue after the discussion, because we're trying to get a more complex and well-developed solution on a company or a universal level, something that is good for us in this now, but it will also continue on throughout next terms and become a major project for the organization. Next slide, please. 
Okay, so having done that, having had the discussion and everybody's ideas are good and noted, we revisit it in the dialogue phase where all these things are on the table and we start to try to come up, we start to come up with a complex and more total solution to the task at hand. Okay, that leads to a team learning environment. The part of your idea that we're going to take for the final product, that is very good. And you have taught someone in your team the benefit of that. The part that we take from another intern, from another person, and add that to it, that's where you're learning. You're learning that, hey, yes, my thought could have gone in that direction, and I see the benefit of it. So that's a good thing. So you leave with more than what you came with. You know, you're not looking at your time in the internship or in your future company as just, a, you know, a, 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 a one-lane highway called Desiree. You know, no, it's a whole interstate and all of us are getting something out of it. All of us are getting to our destination because collectively we are more insightful and we're more intelligent than we could possibly be individually. You might look at a software, an application, and you work it pretty well. You do pretty well with it. However, someone else might come in and say, hey, did you know if you click on that, this will happen? You go, oh, I didn't know that. I've been doing this. And they'll say, oh, I didn't know you could do that. Okay, by that short dialogue, each of you, are smarter about the application than you were before. But to do that, you have to enter the room with certain things. Uh, like Quincy Jones used to say to a bunch, when he did these collaborations with all these top line singers, Michael Jackson and all these top line stars, he had a little thing above the door. He said, leave your ego at the door. Because there would be, why didn't I get to have a, a solo part why didn't I get to have a solo part I've sold 10 million albums he's like I don't have time for all that leave it at the door so you have to suspend your assumptions and they could be anything they could be anything you know I've never worked I mean I have people at my job now that say I've never worked good with a female manager can you believe that well whatever I don't want to or you know or this kind of person doesn't work well with me or that person talks too slow, or I know more than this person does. Suspend all those assumptions. Leave them at the door. Stop it. Okay? Regard one another as colleagues. Assume that this person is here and that you can learn. You can actually learn something from someone if you have an open mind. I mean, even if you learn that behind the shyness, maybe of a leader or a manager or a, a comrade, behind their, sh their, their, maybe they don't like to talk in public. They don't, you know, public speaking is not their thing. But if you throw away your assumptions and don't, you know, someone might say, okay, that person doesn't, they're not very well in, in public conversation. So then you may make an assumption based on your hidden thoughts that that person is not very smart because that person doesn't speak well in AHOD or whatever. But if you throw that assumption away, you may find this is a very analytical, deep thinking, logical, 
person. And if you look at people like DBAs, people that work in database, uh, coders, I mean, they're not known for their conversational abilities, but they're some of the brightest people on the planet. So you have to regard one another as colleagues. Assume that there's something you can learn from everyone. I do, and I'm supposed to have my papers. So I assume there's something I can learn from each and every one of you. And then it's up to you as individuals to train your habits of thought towards meaningful dialogue and not from these sub-judgments, you know, and to have robust discussion. If someone disagrees with you, if you have a leader that says to you, no, that is not the right way to do it. I mentioned this to you last week. The best way to do it is A, B, C, D. Don't get your feelings hurt. They don't know you well enough to hurt your feelings. They're just trying to help you get the job done. So you have to override that sensitivity of the ego to recognize that each and every one of your managers and leaders, they really want you to do well. They have all completed the internship. They are all here by a calling from the heart, not from some major paycheck. So they are here because they want you to get it. So override your sensitivity on that. Now, no one can be rude to you. Nobody can be completely inappropriate with you. But if you have one that is hardline, you know, get it done. This is how you do it. Please listen. Give it a try. Something like that. Listen to them. They don't mean any harm. They are trying to help you get it done and have something that you can take with you with confidence. So a successful team has to master that movement back and forth between discussion and dialogue. Understand that if you are in a situation where you're putting all your ideas out and your idea seems to contrast or conflict with someone else's idea, that you all are in the discussion phase. This is not the decision phase, it's the discussion phase. And dialogues are to follow where each of you may have a piece of the final deliverable. And look at it that way. Next slide, please. And that's about it for me. And once again, I want to congratulate the graduates. Amber seems to be the only one here. Uh, but I wish you all the best going forward. And as always, consider joining Gita if you want to continue to learn more things or um, help others and pay it forward. Thank you, Kevin.